Uh, thanks for downloading the latest episode of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to mention uh, uh, Blaine Denton from Dento and the Robot Podcast. He wrote a book, and he released it on Kindle and in paperback on Amazon. Um, it's called Second Thoughts by Blaine Denton. It's about a guy who has a voice in his head, and it's really clever, and it's, 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 it was a fun read, and I think you guys would really like it, so check that out. There's links in the show notes. It's, it's, about, it's about the guy <laughs> has a voice in his head, and the voice is like a separate consciousness who doesn't understand what he is, so a lot of the, a lot of the, um, a lot of the book is from the perspective of the voice in the head, and it's just a really clever writing, and it, it's, a, it's, it's a fun, fun read. Um... Also, while we were away, I did a guest um, a guest spot on the Nerd You're Looking For podcast. Finally got on there, had a blast recording with Pat and Tyler. There, there were there were a lot of fun. We ended up we ended up recording for a long time. Um, so check that check that out. It's uh, at the Nerd You're Looking For WordPress.com and also on iTunes and all the usual places. And of course, as always, thank you to Star Tissue for providing the music for this intro. Uh, they're a great band. They're great guys. Check them out on SoundCloud, and you can find the link in the show notes. And thank you again, guys. Um, as for us, you can find us on the internet at obsessiveviewer.com for the blog, for all kinds of content and posts and everything. Um, also, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, pretty much any podcast directory. You can also find back episodes of the podcast at ovpodcast.com. That's where we have our archives. Um, email us at ovpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow the follow the obsessive viewer on Facebook at the obsessive viewer, and also vote for us for podcast of the month at podcastland.com. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. And of course, you can find all three of us on Twitter. I'm Matt at obsessive viewer. Tiny is at obsessive tiny, and Mike is at I am Mike White. Uh, so, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. Okay, welcome to the latest episode of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast, and not only that, but welcome to 2014, guys. Um, I'm your host, Matt, uh, at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and of course, as always, is join- joining me is my are my co-hosts, uh, Mike and Tiny. Uh, say hi, guys, and tell everyone where you can find where they can find you online. Hey, listeners, it's Tiny. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Obsessive Tiny and uh, on the Facebook page. Hi guys, this is Mike, found at I am Mike White on Twitter, uh, and also at my Facebook page. Also, this uh, includes all of us, but you can check the blog, theobsessiveviewer.com, for posts and updates and rantings and things that all three of us uh, contribute to. Yes, it is just obsessiveviewer.com. What did I say? You said the obsessive viewer. It's cool. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I was referring to the website, like the right. obsessiveviewer.com website. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how are you guys doing? Well, it's been, a, it's been a while since we recorded. It's been like, what, three weeks uh, since we've all been together? Yeah, yeah, since the Christmas episode. Wow. I've missed you guys. I know. Me too. It feels longer than three weeks. It does. It really does. Oh, yeah. Um, it does. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. It That's does. right. My heart is huge. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today, Maddie? Well, this is our 2013 wrap-up episode, which uh, we, we took a little break from recording, so we're a little bit late to the gun on this one, but 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to this because, I mean, I have a lot that, like, because we're, we're nerds. We're, we stat track all of our movie watching habits. And so I have my, like, what is it, my 26-page Word document open. Um, <laughs> One might say that's a bit obsessive, Matthew. <laughs> I think everyone would say that. <laughs> Almost as if you're an obsessive viewer. It's oh. <laughs> However, I do the same thing. Right. If they if they call it obsessive, they're being polite because yeah. it's some bunch of other different things. <laughs> In addition, Where, did you? I think Matt, you're. I think you're the one who kind of got Mike and I into tracking our stats. Where. Uh, where did you where'd you get the idea for it? Did you just come up with it in your the brilliance of your mind? <laughs> well, I'll, I I want to add that while he did it first, you I think I had idea. a little hand in it. Did I not? Maybe. Well, maybe. I, I I feel like freshman year we talked about it. Um and and I feel like when uh, like we talked about it but we just never really executed it. And uh, like I I feel like we had conversations were like man it would be awesome to just keep track of all the movies you watched and all that um so and you and you had a hand in it and then like i got a job where i basically did nothing um (laughs) so i basically had time to to do these word documents and everything like one new year's day like tiny will vouch for this at our work we don't do like we do even less we get paid double and we do even less (laughs) Uh, because the building isn't open no one comes in so when my job is actually finished for the for the for the night i uh i I had free time so i basically just made these made these documents it started out with just on my phone i would just write down the movies that i watched and then at the at the end of the month or at the end of the year i'd compile them into a word document it would just be a list but now it's become this this big production kind of thing where i just basically put it into as as clean of a file as i can and descriptive yeah yeah you're very descriptive uh what we do essentially and i do this and you do this kind of to a bigger extent a bigger extent and tiny uh, you do this too recently oh yeah within the last couple of years yeah last four or five years um we keep a list of everything we watch every time we watch a movie it goes on this list uh television which doesn't really happen so often for me. Uh, you know, if we watch a DVD, a Blu-ray, watch something on our phone, watch something on an iPad, watch something on a computer, uh, see it in theaters, it goes down, and uh, we also mark how we watched it. And Matt, you're very thorough with <laughs> yeah. this. Well, I, I'm, I'm thorough, but every year when you post yours, because you post yours on your Facebook page, and I think we're going to throw it up on the, on the, on the blog. We are. Um, which we have, be, yeah, that, yeah, it should be it up by the time, yep. yeah. Which you can go to our like 2013 hub at obsessiveviewer.com and uh, find all of our stuff there. But um, you get to like you get stats, like true stat, like like uh, this is 50 percent from this, and like you do percentages yeah. and all that stuff. Which every time it just boggles my mind, and I'm like, I need to sit down and do that because I have yeah. all these numbers, but I just, I just, I, I mean it. To compile my list at the end of the year and to put it all into one document, even though I've been I've been slowly doing all this every year because basically I'll just have a list of movies that I've watched recently and then I'll put it into my Word document uh, intermittently um, mm-hmm. and then just plug it in and all that. Even mm-hmm. though that's the case, it still takes me almost an entire shift of work after I have all my work done um, <laughs> to 
to put all of this together. Um, sometimes it's spread across two, a, a couple nights. Um, yeah. I, uh, I have planned periods as a teacher. Nice. And uh, I'll just say that I'm not always planning on what I'm going to teach during <laughs> these planned periods. <laughs> nice. So, uh, there's that. Cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, you know, I started the stats and the numbers uh, after maybe I did about two years of keeping track of the movies. And then at the end of the year, I just kind of wanted something to show for it. Right. You know, like other than a list that clearly wasn't getting me any girls. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I, I wanted something to do. So I decided to just kind of run it through some numbers and uh, and just to see like percentage wise what I was doing. Really what I wanted to see was um, – like how how many movies per day I was watching, and at um, my highest it was you know something like one point two movies oh wow a day or something no it wasn't that much it was like a movie every one point two days is what I mean to say wow oh, okay yeah huh which is like point six movies a day right I guess you would say yeah. okay so having said that um how were how were how was your guys's year um I have my stats page brought up now and uh do you just guys would just want to go around the table and share some stats totally sure tiny you want to go first sure uh i had a really good year this year um my total viewings i watched 320 which uh is not my best believe it or not i know that's a huge (laughs) number um i think my best year was like i did like 340 some so uh i'm pretty happy with 320 though um and then uh my my stat that I'm proudest of is I saw 25 movies in the theater, which uh, I know of the three of us, that's actually the lowest number. <laughs> but <laughs> what, um, How many was it? I'm sorry. 25. 25. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's, you know, if you break it down, that's a movie every two weeks in the theater, um, right. which I'm I'm really proud of that. That's the most I've ever seen in the theater in my entire life in one year. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that one. So, um, uh, And then one thing that Matt kind of got me started doing is each month I would break down um, like what was my favorite new movie that I saw, like my best first viewing, worst first viewing, uh, returning champion, which is, you know, uh, the movie that I've seen before, but that it's just like a classic, like I really like it a lot. Um, so there's several of those. Um, and then uh, at the end of the year, I just picked, you know, picked my favorite one in each category. Um, so my best first viewing of the year was uh, 12 Years a Slave which uh, we'll talk about later. I think we're going to kind of break down our, our favorite movies of the year. Yeah. Um, so I'll talk about that later. Um, worst first viewing of the year. It's funny because it's like 30 years old. Uh, <laughs> Halloween 3, The Season of the Witch. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry you had to watch that. Oh, it's it was... I Like, I was sitting here writing about it, and I was like, I don't even want to think about this because it was just so terrible. I don't even want to think about it anymore. Happy, happy Halloween. <laughs> oh, please don't. Uh, Three happy. more days till Halloween. Silver Shamrock. Yeah, uh, whatever. I hate you guys so much right now. I, <laughs> I hate myself. It's uh, <laughs> okay. I hate that I've seen it more than one time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you can stomach it. Yeah. I don't know. It's really tough. Yeah. Um, then my returning champion for the year was uh, Schindler's List. Nice. Which, uh, again, we talked about that in depth in our uh, Tragedy on the Screen episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to hear our thoughts on that, you can you can go to that episode. Um, biggest letdown of the year. Uh, we've also talked about this movie, World War Z. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just supremely let down by that. Um, 
again, we've talked about it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, biggest surprise of the year was the movie Jack Reacher. Oh, nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah. That was, I was blown away by how, how much I liked that movie. I've seen, I think I watched it three times. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Incidentally, the first time I saw it was, uh, I watched it on a plane. <laughs> um, I took a trip uh, out of the country. I went to Poland this year. And uh, on the way, I think it was the way back from Poland on the Lufthansa flight, I watched Jack Reacher, which is it's a terrible way to watch a movie on, right. on a plane. Um, the sound is crappy and the screen is old and yeah, but I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And I watched it a couple nice. more times. So um, it's based on a book. I had no idea it was based on a book. Yeah, but, not, uh, not only that, but I think it's it's based on a um a book, series. a series, yeah, a book series. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's on Netflix Insta right now. Um, uh huh. Here in the states. Yeah, Jack Reacher. He's kind of like. Um, he's kind of like uh, Jack Ryan, ironically, like the Jack Ryan character. Of yeah. Time. At first, when yeah. he said that, I I kind of got the two confused, and then I remembered remembered that it was the Tom Cruise movie. Right, right. Uh, but Jack Reacher's more like much more investigative as opposed to like an action star. Um, uh, he's he's a real brilliant investigator. Um, it was uh, it was just a great movie. Um, it also had uh, Jai Courtney in it, who uh, I think okay. is a kind of a promising up and comer. Um, yeah. He's an Australian actor, I believe. He was. Um, um, do what? Uh, yeah, uh, he was was he was he was Bruce Willis's. Son yeah. In, in oh yeah. Die Hard Five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's been in a couple other things too. So he was good in that. He was he was kind of a fun villain. So. Nice. Um, and then another category I have is uh, best newcomer, which is some like an actor or a filmmaker or something like that. Someone that I haven't really seen before. Maybe they're not like a brand new person. They've done some things. You see them in some other things, but they're new to me. So that's what I that's what the category is about. So my favorite newcomer of the year was uh Derek C in France, the uh writer and director of the films Blue Valentine and The Place Beyond the Pines. Um just really blew me away this year as well. I know Blue Valentine came out like 2010 or something. Mm-hmm. So it was a couple years old, but uh, I had never watched it and uh Matt just kept bugging me to watch it and watch <laughs> it and watch it just forever. And so I finally did, and he, he, it lived up to the hype. He was absolutely right. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, I think he's one of those directors who just has a, an incredible talent for getting, getting a performance out of an actor. Like just, just I mean, it's it's pretty easy to, it's not easy, but it's you expect great things from actors like Ryan Gosling and uh, Michelle Williams. You know, they're incredible. But I think. They've done their best work with Derek C. in France, especially uh, Ryan Gosling. You and, uh, only hurt the ones you love. I don't know. I just love the way. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That was a weird. No, that, that was great. Edit that out if you want. No, I'm not. But it, uh, I loved it. And, but it just it made me feel so uncomfortable because that movie is so hard to watch. It really is, and that it, I, it forged, I might have said this before, but the year I saw that movie, I called yeah. it the scariest movie of the year. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's it's funny because last year on the blog, uh, Valentine's Day was like two days after I started the blog, so I did. I was in I don't know I was in a weird headspace or something, or I thought it would be fun 
to do a uh, a double feature post on Blue Valentine and uh, uh, um, oh, uh, Take This Waltz, mm-hmm. which are two. I called it the I called it the Michelle Williams Troubled Marriage double feature, <laughs> um, uh, and just both of the like watching those movies back to back is just brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then ironically, I'm planning a uh, <laughs> like Perfect a mountain. no no. Oh, that too. That would be a good one too. That would count. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. Although she's not the yeah, well, she's not like the focal point of it. Yeah. But, um, but even still. But anyway, and then this year I'm planning a uh, like f- top five or whatever breakup movies. So uh, I don't know why I'm such a cynic. <laughs> no, watch <laughs> or, watch it on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's yeah. Or maybe I know exactly why I'm a cynic. <laughs> so. Have you guys watched uh, The Place Beyond the Pines yet? I haven't Not yet. Okay, definitely check it out. Actually, I know uh, Matt talks so much about Blue Valentine and how it's so great, and I love it. It's a fantastic movie, but mm-hmm. I actually like The Place Beyond the Pines a little bit better. Um, oh, wow. Uh, it was, it's, it's fantastic. It has the probably one of the top five best like pursuit scenes or like pursuit yeah. Pursuits, chases, car chases, foot chases, whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna say. Um, it has like probably one of the top five ones I've ever seen, uh, which is really surprising given that it's not an action film at all. It's it's like a straight drama, um, but it involves one of the main characters as a criminal. So you know, it's it's something out of an action movie in a in a straight drama. You know, it was it was nice. pretty cool. Nice. Um, I remember you telling me about that, and I, I've been meaning to watch it. Just it's. I don't know. I'm kind of weird. Like it's too. It is. It's a really long movie too. It feels yeah. long. Um, okay. But it it takes place over a long span of time, so it, it's kind of appropriate. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, that's uh, that's it for now. I mean, we can go into our top tens later, or should we do it now? Or well, we need to do yeah, stats. Keep, the, keep for... going around the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go around the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how how were your stats? Sure. Uh, I don't remember exactly in what order. Tiny did this, but uh, in 2013, I watched movies. <laughs> what was that? It is my lowest total since I've been keeping score, and I'm embarrassed to say I only watched 173 movies. Oh, yeah. Really for like... someone who calls himself an obsessive viewer, <laughs> right. that's Boo. not very obsessive. I know, I know. Boo. It's like it's almost like you got married and then you had it's, a bunch of yeah, stuff going right. On. <laughs> that's what it's like uh, funny enough well in the month i got married october uh i watched the most movies <laughs> it was my best month with 24 viewings oh wow uh which was kind of, which was a goal i actually wanted to watch 15 shocktober movies so nice. beating 15 was actually um pretty stellar november wasn't great and then i and then i finished with a decent month of 17 uh, in December. The low ones uh, were April and February <laughs> with eight movies apiece. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I will say this. My total theater viewings was 65, which is <gasps> a new yearly high. Wow. That's, yeah. that's just insane. Six, like, I saw 65 movies in theaters. Oh. Um, 
That is crazy. Yeah, I'm super proud of that. That's, that's really that's impressive. Very I was a little nervous toward the end of the year because in 2012 I saw 63 movies. Jeez. And and uh, and it was looking like I was going to match that. And then and then we saw a double feature uh, the night I saw The Hobbit. Oh, nice. Uh, we saw Dallas Buyers Club. So so I ended up adding a movie there and okay. and and saw a movie on Christmas. So I so I ended up beating last year by two. Nice. Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, th- I think I'm going to try for 70 next year. <laughs> wow. Do you, do you I me think a favor? Yeah. Um, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing this myself, but can you add, I know this is a lot to ask, but can you add a section where you compile all the money you spend on media throughout the year? <laughs> like yeah. movie theater yes, purchases, can. concessions. That'd be really tough. That would, would be, be really, would be. really difficult to do. Yeah. Um, because the the money I spend on each movie differs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had several gift cards given to me as gifts because people know, you know. Uh, and I have also, like, I, I'm also part of the AMC Rewards, so every $100 I get $10 off. Mm. And then some days I bought concessions and some days I bought none. Uh, and then sometimes we went in the summer where you got, like, You'd buy a drink and you get a free popcorn, and I don't remember exactly which. I'll I'll try. Okay. I'll, nice. I'll give it a whirl and kind of give you a rough estimate. So, so sixty five theater viewings, which That's... is thirty something percent of all the movies I watched this year. I see one That's weekly, awesome. obviously, and right. then somewhere in there I saw an extra thirteen movies. Wow. In theaters. Yeah. Super super proud of that. That's really uh, impressive. Three of which, of course, were the Star Wars trilogy, which yep. I'm chalking up as my returning favorite for nice. the year. Nice. Nice. Which is a pretty obvious one. You know, I, I see I watch Star Wars movies at least once a year, but mm-hmm. um to do it in the way that we did it back on my bachelor party was was pretty awesome. So I'm giving that the the returning favorite. Mm-hmm. Um my total first viewings this year was ninety four, which I don't know. That's I don't know. That's not very impressive. It's, you know, a, that, it's a big chunk of my total mm-hmm. movies watched, but um, there's not a whole lot to say for my total movies watched. I didn't really go through and do um, – I didn't really go through and do like all the different things you did, like the, um, the just the different categories. But I did right. list a why did I wait so long to see this movie category <laughs> and uh, put Wet Hot American Summer. Oh it. wow! I keep meaning to watch that, but I, I haven't gotten around. Yeah, to it. it was hilarious. It was really nice. as good as everyone as everyone said it was. Awesome. Yeah, so that was good. It's a good movie. Cool. So so uh, overall, my my stats aside from aside from the movie uh, theater experiences are not impressive. I'm a little embarrassed. Um, <laughs> 2011, I was single for a long time for the whole year. <laughs> And uh, so just to give an example, I saw 240 movies in 2011. Oh, wow. So that's down a significant chunk. Right. You know, 70-something movies. That's still mm-hmm. not, that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's still not bad given the year that you had. Uh, no, it's not awful. And getting married is pretty cool, so I don't feel right. so bad about it. <laughs> it's, it's a decent trade-off. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, um, are we going to do the worst movies of the year in a segment, or, sh- or should I just go through them right now? Um, we'll do it in a segment, I think. Okay. Yeah. If that's all right. Well, uh, Tiny, you kind of already revealed your best favorite movie of the year, right? Yeah. 
So I'll do a quick. Mine was uh, okay. Star Trek Into Darkness, and I'll oh, elaborate later. Okay, nice, cool. Mine yep. was uh, mine was Gravity, actually. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. I'm glad we all picked three different movies. Yeah, that's awesome. That'll be good. good. All um, right, Matt, give us your stats. Whew. Well, here we go, guys. I to to give background to this, I started the blog in February, and we started the podcast in June. So, throughout the entire year, I had movies on my mind more than usual because it was part of a, a, a not job but kind of kind of part of a part of a thing that I was doing. So prefacing it that way, um total viewings three hundred twenty five nice. which for the first time ever is more than tiny, I believe. <laughs> yep. um, uh uh movies in general, like just general titles um, instead of viewings is two ninety six. So I watched just a a handful of movies that were that were uh, multiple viewings, um, and then first viewings of that was one twenty or one fifty three. So I had a really good year. I was very proud of myself this year, um, and it it, it was good. And I, I did. Um, I noticed that I didn't really. I wasn't as diligent with the blog with that as 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 I would have liked to be. So one of my goals for this year is to do more like singular movie reviews and kind of stuff like that. Like I just posted one for admission and I uh I have one in in the can for Anchorman 2 and all that that that'll probably post next week. Um as this week we're kind of focused on our 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 stats. Um but then another thing that I'm really proud of for that is that I had in terms of theater viewings, I had 33 which is by nice. far, yeah, it's it's by far the be- the best year for theater viewings that I've had. <laughs> even though Childish. it's like, <laughs> even Childish. though it's like half of what Mike had. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> of course, three of which being uh, Star Wars, uh, yep. which we can talk about that later. Because I th- I think I kind of want to do like a favorite movie theater experience ones or something like that. Just a rundown of our theater yeah. experiences. Okay. Um, which I'll have a I'll have a blog posted about about my theater experiences last year. Um, other stats are um, I watched. Uh, I find it interesting. I found um, I only watched one one movie on DVR slash TV, um, mm-hmm. and that was at a friend's house that we would just watched while we were just sitting around. Um, I think that's that's kind of a, a pretty interesting sign of the times, um, because I watched predominantly most of them uh, in my collection or borrowed or or Netflix Instant was a big one this year, um, so I just thought that was an interesting stat. And then I posted a blog. <clears throat> I posted a blog about 3D when I watched Jurassic Park 3D, um, saying like, "Oh, I swear off 3D. I'm I'm not. I'm done with 3D." But I watched seven movies in 3D this year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, which I hate to say that because last year I watched maybe two or three. And then the year before that, I hadn't watched a 3D movie. The only 3D movie I'd watched was Avatar when it came out. Um, hmm. So I don't know what that says about about things, but it's something that happened um, that I found interesting. Um so yeah, that, those are pretty much my stats. Um, I watched. I watched as far as theater viewings. I had thirty three view, theater viewings, like I said, and I had 
I had a wide variety of theaters that I saw it in, that I saw movies in. A lot of them are just single, single theaters that I saw it in. Um, but I, I went to a wide variety of theaters and I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So those are my stats. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys want to move on to next? Should we do the uh, the worst movies first, and then we can do the best ones? <laughs> uh, I like that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> cool. Okay. Do you want to lead us off, Mike? Since you, it was kind of your. I don't really have a. I'm kind of still working on my worst list. <laughs> yep, I can do that. Cool. Uh, well, most people like when they wrap up the end of the year, they do their best uh list and we'll we will do that but i think it'd be even better if we started with our worst movies of the year how does that sound to you guys yeah cool. i like it all right i'll i'll lead off uh i'm gonna count down actually uh from five and there is more <laughs> there there is uh there are more movies uh but i'm gonna start from five number five and we kind of uh shredded this one on the podcast was man of steel oh yes wow it's one of the worst movies of the year uh, number four was movie forty three. Oh man, for me, wow. <laughs> one of the worst movies of the year. I switched that out. It was number six, and Great Gatsby was number four, but I switched hmm. them out. <laughs> number three, unfortunately, and I really hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. We had John Dugan oh, yeah. on in October, and Texas Chainsaw three D was the third worst movie of the year. Um, I really, really hold the original to really high standards and and super high esteem. Uh, I love it. It means so much to me. It means so much to what I love about movies. But it was it was a bastardization of that, um, and it was pretty disappointing. I saw it. It was one of the first movies I saw in 2013. <laughs> so I'm not going to say it like set a standard or anything. Um, but for a long time, it was it was the worst movie the year until summer and summer brought us number two grown-ups two (laughs) (laughs) which is almost incomparable in its awfulness Uh, uh, a sequel to an awful movie in the first place i really really hate adam sandler for doing these movies (laughs) and i really hate the mockery uh the prank he's pulling on us i don't know um but it's he's a joke and and so are the grown-ups movies my worst movie of the year Beating out even Grown Ups 2 is G.I. Joe Retaliation. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, some of the early previews looked interesting. Yep. Um, it, it looked almost like they were apologizing for some of the mistakes they made in the first one. Uh, but they just didn't do it good enough. And it was, it was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So those are my, those are my okay. top... Uh, I guess my bottom five of the year. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tiny, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I don't have mine in any kind of particular order. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to focus on the good. I don't know why Mike is such a negative Nancy. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, uh, some of, I don't think s- some of these didn't come out in 2013, but I watched them in 2013. Um, first up, uh, Chernobyl Diaries. Just a horrible, horrible movie. Oh yeah. Um not scary, just dumb. Um I also had GI Joe um the the second one the retaliation. Uh the first one wasn't good either, but at least it had some stuff that you could enjoy, some parts to it that you could like. Uh mm-hmm. it I thought it was, the mech suits were kind of cool. Oh, to totally. Watch. That was a fun scene. Yeah. 
Um, I liked that. But the second one just totally dropped the ball. I mean, they recast uh, Cobra Commander, I guess. That's what he is. It was Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the first one. It was awesome. Um, even though I hated seeing him in such an awful role. Yeah. But still, I was like, oh, it's, it's just Gordon Levy. He's awesome. Uh, and they just recast him with some guy from, like, he was like a soap actor, just a mm-hmm. nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, you never see his face, but still. And then, like, towards the beginning of the film, I remember this, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but towards the beginning of the film, uh, Dwayne Johnson gets introduced, and I, I, I really like him, and I think he's great in action movies. He's a great action star. Um he and Channing Tatum had really great chemistry together. Like they were really funny. You could tell that they got along really well. It was really awesome. And spoiler alert, I, I hope you've, you've seen this. If you haven't seen it or if you don't want to get spoiled, uh, turn this off or just don't listen. But like, like after 20 minutes, Channing Tatum's character is not in the movie anymore. Huh. Completely, There's completely gotta be gone. some contract negotiation issue there, right? I don't know. Like he signed no on for a sequel and didn't really want to do it. I have no hmm. idea. I, I, I mean, I it's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, it's pointless. Those first 20 minutes are pointless. Yes, wow. absolutely. It made me so mad because I was enjoying it so much. I, I really liked their rapport. They were great yep. together. It was yep. so, so much fun. And then it just snap of your fingers, it's gone. And it's for no reason whatsoever. It made me so mad. So, okay, sorry. Tangent over. That's okay. fine. I just want to say, could it be that G.I. Joe Retaliation was, was making a statement on life, how we should cherish the things that we have, because in an instant it can be gone? Okay, next on my list. All right, next I on your have. list. <laughs> <laughs> um, next on my list is uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Really, really stupid movie. These, the, these last two are this one and in, uh, in Chernobyl were on my list from last year. Oh really? Worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, Chernobyl. Bad. What a turn. yeah. I think it came out in 2012, but still, I I didn't watch it till 2013. Right. Uh, yeah, terrible movie. Um, let's see. Next up, this is an old movie, but I had never watched it. I had never watched any of the Alien versus Predator movies. <laughs> um, I watched the first one, and actually, I I really actually liked it quite a bit. Huh. Um, I don't think it's a really good movie. But I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed the first one, Alien vs. Predator. But I watched the sequel, and that was horrendous. Uh, just no, no attempt to to make it like a, a fun story whatsoever. It was just so boring. Uh, just a rehash of the other movies. Um, didn't like it. And then this is actually the worst movie I saw this year. I'm going to go ahead and put that label on this one. Uh, Alex Cross. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Uh yeah, Tyler Perry presents Alex Cross. <laughs> I don't know. It was just so so bad. Ugh. Um uh well, what's his name? Matthew Fox. Matthew Fox was just classic Matthew Matthew Fox overacting just oh. overacted so bad. I mean, like watching watching Lost, he would overact a little bit. But you could kind of look past it because the writing was so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, the writing was so bad in this, and his overacting was just so over the top. It was like Jeez. it was just so bad. I I was really disappointed in him for taking that role, and he wow. went through obviously like a huge transformation for it because he was right. like really emaciated. He looked terrible. Um, so he went through all that hardship, I assume, for such a crappy movie. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's too bad. And I've never uh, liked Tyler Perry right. in in anything uh, ever. <laughs> so yeah, that's okay. that's that's just a, a spattering of crappy movies I watched this year. I'm kind of known for watching really bad movies. Right. Um, I don't always like them. I just it's kind of fun to watch bad movies sometimes. But nice. yep, yeah, those all those are probably just just a, a sampling of five five of them that I that I watched this year. So awesome. Yep. Take it. Um. I have I I'm gonna kind of split this between my first viewings like ranked list just in general, and my uh, 2013 ranking list, because um, I have a few that like the worst. You have movie, a few that made all time. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, just of the movies that I watched last year. So like, okay. uh, and then I have a separate list for movies that came out last year gotcha. that I watched. Um, and like the the bottom movie of 2013 that I watched it has like is above. Um, six movies that I watched as general. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah, so the worst movie... I'll just run through my list of worst movies that came out last year first. Um, okay. Bottom five is uh, Admission. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I posted the review. Wow. Yeah, I was... Yeah. I, I thought that it was just a mess. I, I really did. I thought that it was... The statements that it made about... about the the tyrannical admissions um system of princeton just seemed just weird to me like it seemed it seemed weird that we were supposed to root for her to get this get this kid in by any means even Mm -hmm. though i mean it's a prestigious school and i mean i I don't know I, i thought that it was just weird i thought it was strange that we were supposed to endorse her doing this when she doesn't really know the kid that well. I mean, he's a gifted kid and everything, but it just seemed, it it struck a weird chord with me. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, wow. I just, yeah, and I, I felt like the characters weren't, like, I felt like um, Paul Rudd's character was underdeveloped to the point where he, you can kind of almost see how he has to connect the dots of his de- his character's development like, because there's like he's he's one way throughout most of the movie, but then there are little pieces here and there where he's just Paul Rudd because there's nothing for him to work with in terms of character, mm-hmm. um, and that just kind of stuck with me. And I thought that the kid, he had a really good scene early on where he first in, is introduced to Tina Fey, uh, and then he's just it's like he's just a background background noise throughout the rest of the movie. I thought yeah. that was, I thought that it could have been handled a lot better. Um, and it was predictable. Um, so, yeah. It must have been a really slow day for you when you saw that movie. Because <laughs> I, I got to say, it wasn't great, but, uh, it, the, you know, it's uh, you really analyzed the crap out of that movie. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's so weird because, <laughs> I mean, it's not a movie really worthy of this much analyzation. Cause I've that's what, that's why it wasn't even, like, it was in the middle yeah. of yeah. my movies it was so mediocre i think it was i think it was because it was like right when i'm when i was like okay i'm gonna make an effort to review each like as many movies as i can just just in general so i think that was part of it but anyway so moving on my next one on the list is the purge which i posted a review of in shocktober that uh what Mm. uh just horrible movie i mean Uh there's 
it was it was just bad. It was it was bad. And what sucked about it was that the concept is kind of intriguing, although Tiny on on his on one of his Sharktober posts really tore it apart and pre- presented it in a light that I hadn't considered it in. So even that kind of destroyed the concept for me. <laughs> um, but it it also it was just I don't know it was just it was a mess. And then they had one like subplot that hinted at it being like okay this could be watchable but then they just don't reference it at all like what what's that it was and when i when i explain it it's going to be really it's not going to come across the way that i built it up as but it's where the girl like the daughter shoots uh like like tries to kill ethan hawk like he sneaks into the in the house before the purge starts and he tries to kill ethan hawk i thought that, that could have been a really cool dramatic element to the movie um not not so much suspenseful like they couldn't like like making it um like drawing it out but if they just if they just done what they did and then made part of the movie about about him dealing with like his his daughter hating him for killing her boyfriend and and the and the ramifications of that and the, the mental whatever like like the mental mental turmoil that it brought him in and all that it would have been it would have been watchable mm-hmm. it may have it may have been i don't know it, it, it i don't know but the problem was that they didn't reference that plot point at all throughout the rest of the movie yeah it was just it was strictly there to fill time and i thought that it was just i thought it was just a stupid stupid thing um the to hint at in the movie plus it was just very derivative of home invasion movies and and uh some other movies like that yeah um next up is and i think tiny might fight me on this one um fast and furious six i won't fight you on that one <laughs> um it was i mean it's an action movie it's it's the sixth movie in a franchise so i mean it's not going to be good but I just thought that it was just silly and and over the top and and a lot of the stuff was just there to just to strictly to beef up the 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 stunts and and all that stuff and and some of the some of the like subplot like the the plot with the couple who wants to go to Japan I thought that was just really ugh. it was uh, really forgettable it was and and what sucks is that there's like a big <coughs> I I almost said. <laughs> This is going to make me sound like an ass, but that subplot is what carries throughout, like it kind of sets up the sequel, it sets up seven. So it's like, it's this forgettable subplot that it, it's like the setup for Fast and Furious 7 right. is, is built around that. And it's, it's kind of, it just seemed flimsy. Um, totally. And of course now Fast and Furious 7 isn't really going to, it's not going to be, you know, it's not yeah. gonna be like about that, but still, it was just yeah. Um, and then this one, I don't know anything about its release status, but on Netflix and on IMDb, it lists it as a 2013 movie, I believe, unless I messed up. Um, but and now a word from our sponsor. It uh, mm-hmm. had Bruce Greenwood as a guy who, as a as a brilliant ad exec who wakes up from a coma and speaks only in television advertisements. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was stupid. It was, it was beyond stupid. And the ending was, um, it, the, the ending was, it was weird for the sake of being weird. 
and it just it did nothing for me. It offered nothing to me in terms of any any kind of enjoyment, really. It sounds like a movie that would be interesting for 20 minutes, and that's it. Exactly. And I think I made that point. I, I think I brought it up um, in one of the early episodes of the podcast. But it was, it, was, it was like if they made a short, if like a college student made a, um, like an, a short for YouTube that could use just a little bit more work. <laughs> it's like if they took that and they made a movie out of it. Okay. Uh, which is a shame because I like Bruce Greenwood a lot. Yeah. Um and then the bottom one of the of the year for 2013 was um A Haunted House which I know Mike uh was kind <laughs> I of I like that movie a lot. Yeah. I just thought I I can't stand the state of of parody movies these days cuz it's like it's like you don't need to set up the plot of it. Like there there's a lot of scenes where it's just them basically recreating scenes from paranormal activity. We know mm-hmm. what we know what they're parodying. They know we know what they're what they're doing. We don't need the we don't need the shot for shot uh, identical scene from from the movie to set it up. Yeah. Just bring the funny, and they didn't really even bring the funny that much. Um, really oh, quickly, I thought they brought the funny. Teach their own. Um, <laughs> uh, real quick, the the other six, some of the other six movies underneath it that wasn't 2013 is The Art of Getting By. I thought that was I thought Freddie Highmore is a, be, a better actor than that. Um, it was just really douchey and pretentious. Um, I just didn't like it. Premium Rush. I I liked Michael Shannon in it because he was earning a paycheck. Other than that, I mean, I don't know what happened to Joseph Gordon-Levitt with that. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, there was the the worst movie I saw last year total overall was Piranha Part Two: The Spawning, which oh yeah, yeah, that was just let's not even go into that. Um, but then I also watched the Parking Lot movie, which is a documentary about these douchebag parking lot attendants who basically have it in their head where they're that they're better than everyone that they're that they're serving, and it's just like it's just a documentary about awful people. I don't know if it was a hoax or not cuz I mean they're just awful people. They're they're just they it's just there was no redeeming quality to them. It was and they're really pretentious and douchey and it was just it was just negative negativity for the sake of being negative. Um real quick other two kind of um the Oxford Murders another pretentious movie. I thought that was just it was just bland and and just really pretentious and then room 237 which i posted a review of it was just i hated it i hated it so much for its unprofessionalism and it's just complete disrespect really to to something that i cherished um stanley kubrick's uh, the shining it was just it was they were picking it apart in all the wrong places and they were presenting their their theories and stuff and just with it in the most unimaginative and just really, I think that's a a second or third time I've used that word. Um, and just really unprofessional manner. I mean, there's like kids in the background of the phone call interview (laughs) that interrupt. They, it literally interrupts the phone call, interrupts the movie twice. And it's just, I don't know. So weird. It's so weird. And it's so not worth the like 20, like, uh, hour and a half or whatever that it runs for. Yeah. Um, so having said that, should we finally commence to, um, 
better topics? <laughs> yes. I think we should. I think nice. the time has come. Yes. All right, so now that we're talking about happier subjects, um, I guess I'll start with my top I'll, – I'll list my top ten movies of 2013, and then I'll kind of uh, pick three to go into detail with, and you guys can argue, uh, agree, or, or whatever. Uh, Descending Order number ten was About Time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. I haven't seen yeah. that yet, but obviously I'm I'm really interested in it. Yeah, it was good. I, I liked it a lot. Nice. Um, number nine, We're the Millers. Number eight, This is the End. Number seven, You're Next. Number six, Oblivion. Number five, Prisoners. Number four, Gravity. Uh, my top three is number three, 12 Years a Slave. Number two, Fruitvale Station. Uh, and number one was Star Trek Into Darkness, as I said earlier in the podcast. Nice. Um, three, I want to talk about... Um, I'll talk about your next. I might actually have to talk about four of them. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> your next is uh, for someone who loves horror movies as much as I do. It was really the only great horror movie I saw this year. And I know people are listening to this and saying, Oh, the conjuring was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't as terrified by it by a lot of people. Like a lot of people were, I thought it was um, fresh I really liked it a lot for the first hour and 10 minutes, but the last 30 uh, just kind of became an exorcism movie that yeah. I've seen before. I also liked Insidious 2, uh, but it's definitely not a top 10 kind of movie. Your Next was like the next step in um, horror movies making fun of itself. I'll, I'll kind of read this really quick just in case yes. people don't read. Uh, it's the only horror movie on the list. Seems the horror genre is always trying to reinvent itself or copy itself. And every few years, it also decides to make fun of itself. Scream did it best and most notably. Behind the Mask did it later. Cabin in the Woods did it most recently. Your Next offered its take in 2013. Um, so I really like what nice. it did. It was it was interesting. It was pretty clever. Cool. Um, there's a couple of movies I feel like I need to defend. <laughs> I think uh, the biggest one is Oblivion. Mm-hmm. I really um, liked it too, man. I'm yeah, serious, it was but... just so good. And yeah. the biggest knock on it was that people called it derivative, but I thought it was more of an homage. Huh. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a really, really fun and smart piece of sci-fi done, as always, well by Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, and the special effects just worked. I, I thought it was a very interesting movie. Uh, it was exactly what a sci-fi fan is looking for when they go to see a, a, a big screen movie. Um, and it was fun. So I, I don't understand the, all the fuss. So it was my number six. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I also need to defend my number two uh, pick for Fruitvale Station. Is mm-hmm. that the one you were giggling about, Matt? Uh, for defending? No, I, I don't think I, I don't think I giggled, but I, I do have some. I think we can have a we can have a discussion about it. Even yeah, we could. Uh, uh, we're already kind of running long on time, so I don't want to get too uh, deep we'll be, into it. We'll be fine. Um, yeah, you know, you posted that popular article about how Fruitvale, uh, and I'll quote it: "is loose with the facts in an effort to elicit sympathy for Oscar Grant." Right. Uh, well, I think that might be true for the most part. I think the movie does a good job of showing the unsavory aspects of Oscar's personality as well. Um, I, I think as a piece of fantasy or as a piece of fiction, uh, 
it's a really great movie. It's mm-hmm. a really great movie. And and while we can't be sure exactly what happened on the last day of Oscar Grant's life, and we can be pretty certain that he didn't hug a dog in its last <laughs> breaths, uh, that's not to say horrible things like what happened at that BART station that night don't happen. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, so you can't, like, uh, take away that credit just because some of the facts are a little loose. Mm-hmm. Um and I know a defense with that would be, well, you could still get an interesting movie uh, if you left in some of the unsavory parts. And I would argue that they did. I re- my favorite scene is when he blows up um, in the prison yeah, yeah. against his mom. I, I just thought that was awesome. And we also kind of talked about this briefly a while back about um, how he, he kind of dumps his, his uh, pot out in the toilet at one point. Right. Uh, and I think you said that was unbelievable, but I kind of said it, it definitely seemed like something um, well, an I, addict would do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say that it was that it was unbelievable, and I wouldn't even say that he was an addict because he was he was re- wrestling with the with the um, right the problem of of wanting to sell it, like like trying to sell it to the, yeah. The I, I misspoke when I said addict. Uh, yeah, but I, like um, but what what gets me about it was that it's it's. I understand what it represents, but what it does in terms of of it just assumes a lot about about. I mean, it's it's a it's it's shining a it's shining a, a really a really bright light on this person, which which I mean, it, he could have done that, he, and, and and that's and like you said, as a work of fiction, it's it's a great movie, and the script is just spectacularly tight yeah. and and just really like I was very impressed with it, and it's my number eleven on my list, but oh, nice. it's still it's still I wrestle with the kind of the um the I don't want to say bias, but the the very the very one sidedness of it because he's you see him dumping the dumping the drugs and all that and then and then you have him him um um hugging the dog and feeling remorseful about that you have him doing all this stuff and then you cut back to him in prison but they they just completely they completely ignore like they they don't show us why he's there they don't tell us anything about his incarceration they just show show this one scene where he blows up at his mom which is a spectacular scene like it's like i mentioned in my review that it's 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 like something that the academy needs to look at michael michael b jordan for um but it's also it just it 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 was like it was it was like they were trying to be critical of this character, but they didn't want to be critical of him, so they just showed this um they they just showed that and 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 didn't elaborate on it because it would have it would have portrayed him too poorly. I think we might have to agree to disagree on this <laughs> i I almost want to say like. If you put on a scale the the negatives and the positives on each side, mm-hmm. certainly the positives about him would would be heavier. But I feel like there was enough of the negative aspects. They, you know, they do paint him in a good light, and they don't go in a whole lot of detail. Um, but they're not shy about the fact that he's a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. They don't hide the fact that he's in jail, uh, and he blows up on his boss. He's he's clearly not a stable guy and they, i and i feel like yeah. go ahead 
Oh, I, I was just going to say they do, but they also they they show him blowing up at his boss because he's trying to get more hours to take care of his kid. And they show him blowing up at his mom because or just he's in, he's in that situation. Um, and then and then they show him uh, 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 with with dr- dealing drugs or, or struggling with dealing drugs because he's p- taking care of his family. I mean, they show the negative, but they, they spin it in a positive way. Um, they, they very actively spin it. They're constantly spinning it in a positive light. I agree with um, that. Yeah. And Tiny, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on it in total? Because I know that you just recently saw it. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it out of the park, Matt. That's kind of how I felt about it. I, I couldn't. There's a lot about it I couldn't forgive, but the performances were just incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved Michael B. Jordan so much yeah. in it. Uh, and the the young girl, his girlfriend, I don't remember the actress's name. Yeah, she was great. So yeah, I, I pretty much agree with what Matt said. Okay, and Octavia Spencer was fantastic too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Especially in the in in the closing scenes of the movie. Yeah, but, but yeah, but that's that's just how I felt about it. And I mean, I, you know, I like even after we had a, our first discussion about it, I I struggled with it because it was like early on, it was a clear favorite oh, for yeah. me, and then I you know I found out that some of the stuff was exaggerated and. Mm-hmm. And even when I saw the movie, I didn't so much believe the dog thing. So right. for a while, it was kind of off the list. And then I had to kind of assess whether or not I thought it was a great movie, despite mm-hmm. the facts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think if it would have remained too factual, I don't think it would have been as effective a movie. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I will so say th- – I'm sorry, Mike. I will say that I, I, I agree with your statement. I like the way you put it, that as a piece of fiction, it is a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. I read right. it. That's that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that's that's okay. I agree with you. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, I'll of course talk about my my favorite movie of the year, mm-hmm. which was Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, I don't want to say hands down, but pretty close to it. Huh. Um, wow. I I I I will say I <laughs> I struggled with which movie, Twelve Years a Slave or Fruitvale Station, to put in the number two spot, <laughs> and at the risk of sounding racist and insensitive uh they have similar themes yeah Yeah. um and fruitvale station was a a little more lighthearted of the two so i just Mm -hmm. i I didn't feel as bad after fruitvale station so i put that at number two um and then i did not feel bad at all watching star trek it was it was the (laughs) happiest uh i felt leaving a movie all all year Oh, nice! And I saw it three times. I mean, it was it was just amazing. We we wrote about it in detail on the blog yeah. back when it came out. Um, so if you want to look that up on the blog obsessiveviewer dot com, mm. you can kind of click on that and see. We we all kind of put our input in. But my thing was that people flipped out about the the liberties they took um, with the pseudo sequelness of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as someone who is not a fan of Star Trek originally, I freaking loved it. Nice. Um, and just it, it, like even even Benedict Cumberbatch's over the topness in when he reveals that he's con, I still like it. it. It's just a really really entertaining piece of sci-fi action drama, colorful movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how better to say it than that. It was it was just the most fun I had at the theater that wasn't uh, Star Wars in a triple feature all year. Nice. Did you really think Benedict Cumberbatch was over the top? In the scene where he reveals ca- that he's Khan and he's crying, I think that's a little. I think that's a little hammy. Oh really? Huh. Yeah, I, I love that. it. I don't. I don't think it's. I. Don't, I think the writing might be a little hammy. Um, okay. 
but it's very heavy handed. And, and I almost kind of laugh and say, oh, it's Star Trek. <laughs> wow. You know? Okay. I haven't seen it since the theater, but um, I, I share a lot of the sentiments that you had. I, I thought it was fantastic. It's my number three, actually. But Yeah. Um, and before we move on, I'm really sorry, guys. Oh, Honorable mentions, just really quick, just because they need to be mentioned. Uh, the Way Way Back was fantastic. Uh, I liked World War Z. It was actually a surprise. I know you you were disappointed by that, Tiny, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then a movie that I almost that almost didn't make this list uh, was The Impossible. Oh, nice. Because it came out so early in the year, uh, and it was just. Uh, really, really good. Uh, before I move on, one last huh. thing. I also want to clear this up because this is where I can do it. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook came out at the tail, tail end of 2012. Uh, and I did not get to see it until the 3rd of January, uh, which was right after I published my top movies of 2012. Right. So I would be awfully remiss if I didn't say that absolutely would have made uh, at least the top three of last year and definitely the top three of this year had I been able to count it. Uh, unfortunately, it just kind of sticks up there in limbo. So um, a, a big honorable mention in back-to-back years to Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I've made my piece. Who's next? Okay. Um, to Tiny, did you go? I didn't go yet. No. Okay, we'll go to you here in a second. But I just want to mention The Impossible is a weird movie. I mean, I loved it. It was it was absolutely just jaw-dropping amazing. Mm-hmm. But IMDb lists it as a 2012 movie, but the release date, the wide release date, was January 4th of 13. Yep. So I listed it as 2012, but you did, yeah. And it was I part of the 2012 Oscars too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it is a 2012 movie. Uh, yeah, it was. I guess yeah. you're right. Although it's, it's fair. What's game. the what's yeah. the cutoff for the Oscars? Isn't the Oscars? It's just before the end of the year. Yeah, it before. is before the end. Of, I thought it was. I thought there was a certain day. No. No. I think it's in January. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Tiny, how about yours? Yes. Uh, I, I wrote down an actual top 10, um, which nice. I don't necessarily do every year, but uh, I felt I felt it necessary this year. I'll just go from uh, go in descending order. Uh, number 10 was The East, which I'll just, just real briefly, uh, I, I really, I put it on the list just because I, I really like the creativity and originality of it. Um, it it needed some work. It wasn't a perfect movie, but I think it was just a, a, an original movie. It was just fun, mm-hmm. um, so I recommend seeing it for that reason. Uh, number nine was Out of the Furnace. Um, not quite as great as I thought it would be, but still good performance. Is just amazing. Uh, number eight was The Hunger Games: Catching Fire. Number seven was Iron Man three. Number six was Rush. Uh, number five is Gravity. Uh, number four was Trance. Number three, Star Trek Into Darkness. Number two, Prisoners. And number one, 12 Years a Slave. Nice. Um, yeah, the three I wanted to talk about primarily. Um, we talked about Gravity a lot in our Space Movies episode, mm-hmm. so you can check that out. Um, Star Trek Into Darkness, um, loved it. I loved Benedict Cumberbatch. He's almost my favorite actor now. I think yeah. he's just so great. Um, but... Uh, the first one I wanted to talk about was uh, the Hunger Games Catching Fire because I was just really surprised at how good it was because um, nice. the first one was just was pretty disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read the whole the whole trilogy. I read all three books, and uh, the first one was the first book was really great, and I didn't really care for the sequels that much. 
So I was expecting all of the good stuff to be in the first movie, <laughs> and then the sequels would just be kind of crappy. But it was the opposite. The first movie wasn't that great, in my opinion. Um, but they really found their stride with the second one. It was just incredibly engaging. It was a really tight movie. Like, I just thought, you know, I thought it would be really just bogged down with dialogue, mm-hmm. um, like like the book was, just people talking at each other. But there was still a lot of action in it, a lot of a lot of conflict um, all around. Um, I just really liked it. I thought it was. Nice. I don't. I don't have a whole lot of elaborate analysis to go into on it. It was just. It really kept me on the edge of my seat. I was. I was impressed. I liked it more than the book. Way more than awesome. the book, actually. Huh. So. Um, would you? I, sorry. Would you recommend it for someone who hasn't read the book, or would you think it would be better for someone to? read the book and then see it or not read the book and see it i honestly don't remember because the book was kind of <laughs> forgettable for me um yeah. the third one i i barely remember to be honest yeah. it was just boring i just remember the ending that's about it um i i don't know just yeah i, I just just go see the movie it doesn't really matter okay yeah because i my whole thing with the hunger games is i read the first book i thought it was decent i thought it was okay um thought the movie was a fine PG thirteen adaptation of it, I guess. <laughs> it was fine for the audience it was going for, um, but not really all that the hype cracked it up to be. Um, so I just never got around to seeing Catching Fire. But I've seen <laughs> the the hype and everything, or the the word of mouth is really catching fire for this movie. I'm so sorry. Uh, um, you had to stretch for that. I really the word did. Of mouth was like a blaze from the get go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I kind of I wasn't expecting it, and and I I just kind of wrote it off. So I'm gonna have to see it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like I kind of have to defend Iron Man three a little bit. Um, <laughs> yes. I I just had a lot of fun with it. It was mainly about the experience because I think we we may later on we might do our favorite theater experiences which iron man 3 wasn't mine but it was i just had a lot of fun in the theater it was really really funny i think it was the funniest of the trilogy so far actually it really was in my opinion it was um and so the the laughs were just so they just resonated so well uh in the theater experience that i just had such a great time with it Mm -hmm. um and then i loved loved the way they wrapped up the character at the end they had sort of a montage where he was you know he got the metal taken out of his chest and mm-hmm. he didn't need the, the magnet in his chest anymore. Um, and he, you know, his house, he it showed him going to his, the, the ruins of his house and getting the robot out. And I just thought it was such a great wrap up for the character that we haven't really gotten with a lot of superhero movies. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, they always leave them open ended in case they want to reboot them or something. And it's just like with the dark Knight, you know, we got, the Dark Knight trilogy, we got a great wrap up, and mm-hmm. I loved that so much. And I, I, I just, I really wanted to see that in, in other movies. And I think they really nailed it with Iron Man uh, and the third one. So that's I why I have it on my list. I just had a great time with it. Yeah, it's on my list too. Pretty, it's lower than yours, but I loved it. And like, like you said, the comic relief, it was so, it was just, it was hilarious. It was, it was perfect comic relief. Like when he, when he calls the kid a pussy. Yes. because of his because his dad left I, just that line it's so it's played off so well he's, he says something like so what dad's leave you don't need to be a pussy about it the the entire theater just just exploded with laughter yes. i was laughing about it for an extra like three or four minutes yeah um, 
<laughs> and it was you just that one weird guy. I was that one Why weird is guy. Still laughing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was it was just it was so hilarious. Um, and then and then my probably my favorite line of the movie is when <laughs> is when um Tony. Uh, to when Stark has, has is infiltrating the the whatever, and he he's it's after he's escaped because he's tied up and all that, um, and then he has the gun and he sees like henchmen come in, he kills the henchman, and then another one comes in, and he's he drops his gun, and he's like I uh, I can't remember what he says exactly, but he's, he's like I ha- I hate working here, this guy is so weird. <laughs> yeah, he's like seriously, <laughs> don't shoot me, don't seriously. I mean, I hate working here. These guys are so weird. It's <laughs> The way he says it, it's like, it felt like, and that was the other thing about it that I loved was that it just felt like, um, it felt like Iron Man, if Iron Man were like, uh, like James Bond kind of spy movie, um, yeah. which I, I just, I loved it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I it was okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I remember, I wish I could remember it more. I've, I only saw it the one time and I think I liked it a lot when I first saw it. It was definitely Definitely, definitely better than the second one. Oh yeah, but I, I, uh, I feel like I remember saying there wasn't, which I know is a pretty like juvenile criticism of a movie. You can't really go into a whole lot of comic book movies anymore, expecting not to see the star outside of his costume. But uh, there was really not enough. There was like the least amount of Iron Man in any of the Iron Man movies. Yeah, well, I think. Except there were like thirty Iron Man. Well, yeah, I know that. <laughs> but yeah, him and I'm, just, I'm breaking scene. your balls. Yeah. I know time spent in a costume. Yeah, but yeah, then and, and not to compare them, even though they're both the third entry in a superhero or a comic book uh, franchise. But there was also not a lot of Batman in The Dark Knight Rises. There wasn't. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of Bruce Wayne. No, no, actually, there wasn't. Hmm. Um. So yeah, but I mean, it's it's just uh, I don't know I. To be fair, that was a criticism of The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah, yeah. As well. Yeah. But they're both really good third entries in a, in a franchise, which is a yeah. rarity. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be quick with my last ones. Uh, I was really blown away by the movie Trance. Nice. Um, uh, I, have, I have officially um, accepted... Um, uh, James McAvoy as my favorite actor. Nice. <laughs> uh, it was Edward Norton for a long, long time, <laughs> but James McAvoy has taken over because Edward Norton's just a pain in the ass now. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was just excited to see him first of all and see him being directed by Danny Boyle. I was oh, like, no. I can't wait. And I unfortunately I waited forever to watch the movie. I don't know why, um, mm. but I finally watched it and I loved so much seeing James McAvoy as a as an antagonist, mm-hmm. which is kind of what he was. You know, they set the movie up to where he's the main character and you're kind of rooting for him the whole time. But then you find out in the end that he's an antagonist. It's an yeah. incredible, that's just an incredible format for a film. I mean, oh, to yeah. just switch it like that is just so great. And then Rosario Dawson seems like for the first hours, it's like, come on, we're barely getting anything from her. She's just not, it's like, it's like she was barely in the movie, but then at the end they just ramp it up so much mm-hmm during the third act and she becomes the main character basically. And it was just such a, I just love the format so much. It was so impressive the way it was structured. Um, and just the, the performances, James McAvoy, just when, when we get to see their relationship, I was just so blown away that he could be such a, such a, 
a bad person, really. I mean, he was his character was a bad person. I mean, he didn't he didn't necessarily know he was being a bad person. Maybe right. his heart was in the right place, but he was he was a bad guy. You know, yeah. uh, I just I love the performances so much, and it was such an original film. Um, I was just blown away by it. It's it's another incredible entry from Danny Boyle. Did have both of you guys seen it? Oh yeah, I actually saw it at a screening at a at a um, screening at Keystone Art Theater, which I've referenced many times. It's my favorite theater in the city, uh, in Indianapolis. But I saw an advanced screening of it, um, and it was it was I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I posted a review of it, but it was uh, it's on my list as well. It's uh, I, I I thought it was really cool the way that it was almost like. Almost kind of like a return for for Danny Boyle, which I'm a I'm a diehard fan Boyle, but um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it, it felt like he was returning to kind of that gritty kind of almost uh, um, train spotting kind of filmmaking kind of thing. Definitely, because um, he's been doing this whole kind of push for like Oscar kind of caliber movies, which have been great. I mean, I love. Um, um, Slum, uh, Slumdog Millionaire and uh, um, 127 Hours is uh, fantastic. But I just love seeing him, seeing that he's kind of going back to his roots. I mean, that was his first movie that he filmed in England in um, since... Like a decade. Yeah. There. Yeah. Since uh, since he filmed Millions, I think, which was uh, yeah. in 2004, I think, but... Right, but yeah, and it, it was just I loved it. I, I loved it. The the intercut between the drama and in, in the in the kind of mind bending stuff with just ultra ultra violence. Yeah, was just it was just it really really kind of gets on it doesn't it, it gets under your skin and then it also just it just forms a, a, a an association or a bond in your brain that just makes you just it's insane I, I don't know how else to explain it um it just right. it, it makes you it it really un, it makes it unnerving um which is what that kind of movie needs to be definitely yeah definitely um, okay and then uh, my my favorite movie of the year um was 12 years a slave and i i saw this movie six weeks ago and I, i'm still having trouble analyzing it um, I thought you were going to say six times. Uh, I wish. Um, oh man, I I I will never watch that movie again. Yeah, that's oh, and I mean that in a, in the best way. I mean mm-hmm. that yeah. to pay it a compliment. Yeah, I understand. I, it's hard to watch, but I saw the movie six weeks ago, and I, I'm I've I still I'm having trouble analyzing it because you know I. I'm a huge movie buff. I watched 320 movies this year. <laughs> I, I've seen thousands of movies. And I feel like I, when I make a statement like this, it has some weight. Mm-hmm. But Twelve Years of Sl- Twelve Years a Slave may be the best movie I've ever seen. Oh wow! Wow! Like seriously, like I said, I, I haven't quite analyzed it yet, mm-hmm. even after six weeks. But I think it might be the best movie I've ever seen. Um, when I was in the theater, I, I, I forgot that I was watching a movie. That's how. That's how interactive it is. That's how. Mm-hmm. That's how much depth it had for me. Um, there weren't. It's a period piece. It's set in the 1850s. Mm-hmm. It. It didn't have any of that stuff where it was like 
this is eight, you know like a little thing popped up that said 1840 Boston. No, you didn't see any of that. It was just it was all included in the dialogue which was beyond impressive dialogue. It was very period appropriate dialogue. It wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like we we want to update it for a modern audience. They didn't do that at all. It was like so it was like somebody got in a time machine, went back to 1850 with Chiwetel Ejiofor and Benedict Cumberbatch and Paul Dano and all those actors and filmed a movie. That's what it wow. felt like. Um, and I just, by the end of it, I I was just so wrecked as emotionally. Um, I just I had I had just an immense emotional reaction to it, um, wow. which is always for me personally is always the mark of a great movie. Um, whenever I have a, a huge emotional reaction to it, and I was—I mean, tears were just falling down my face. It was just an incredible, incredible story. It's just an incredible story, uh, you know. First of all, um, and then just—I I, typically when I watch films, I always try to break it down. Like, oh, this is so cool how they filmed this. I loved the—I loved the way they wrote this scene. I liked the way that this camera work was done. Mm-hmm. I almost didn't pay attention to any of that in this movie because. I was just so enthralled by the story. It took me so deeply that I, 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 I honestly, I have to see it again to analyze that stuff because, mm-hmm. because it was just such a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, the only, only thing that I had just a, the tiniest problem with was uh, Brad Pitt in it. Um, I feel like he was in it just because. He, his his production company produced it, uh, and I have I have a feeling that he saw the script and was like, "Yeah, this is going to be just an absolutely incredible movie." And since I'm producing it and I have my I'm involved <laughs> in it, I'm going to put myself in it. Um, not to say he was bad; he definitely wasn't bad, but right. he was very Brad Pitt. Okay. Like I couldn't separate I couldn't separate the character from his persona as a as a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, That's almost kind of uh, uniform among all Brad Pitt. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty much the only kind of performance he can give anymore, really. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm okay with. I, me, too, you know, me too. He didn't bother me. I'm I'm okay if he does a movie like Benjamin Button. <laughs> but I don't want to see him in Twelve Years a Slave. Right. That's you know, that's that's how I feel about it. But again, it wasn't it wasn't even necessarily a distraction. It's just thinking about it later, I was like, Oh man, I wish I would have put somebody else in there, even like a no name. Because mm-hmm. it was a very small role, so um, that's just the one tiny caveat I'll put in there. Um, I think 12 Years a Slave, it's, I, I've always had the opinion that it's impossible to make it a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I still believe that. But I think 12 Years a Slave is probably the closest I've ever seen any film get to perfect. Wow. You, you have illustrated a fundamental difference in our lists. <laughs> <laughs> because I agree wholeheartedly with every word you've said in the last 10 minutes. Thank you. Uh, um, it is. It is. It is probably. I won't say definitely, but probably the the best piece of cinema of the year, right? Mm-hmm. But my list is about the best times I had in the theater. <laughs> That's cool. You know That's what I fine. mean? And yeah. I just wanted a bunch of lens flares and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Star Trek was my most fun experience. But you are absolutely right that Twelve yeah. Years a Slave uh, was probably the best. Um, yeah. best well-made most well-made movie of the year uh, i will also add that you said uh, it was the only movie that made you feel like you were in the theater 
I didn't so much feel that way for 12 Years a Slave, but I'm going to let Matt talk about his favorite movies because uh, he's going to talk about a movie that made me feel like I was in the movie theater. Uh, which one would that be? Gravity. <laughs> gravity? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, Gravity. Okay, yeah. Uh, should I just run through my top ten? Yeah, that was kind of my segue. Okay, is, nice. that, is that all right, Tiny? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, okay cool. Um, well... We are, we are kind of running long. I forgot. We are. I completely forgot about potpourri. Um, That's okay. We we might have to forego. We'll figure it out. But anyway, right, yeah. my top ten is uh, actually a little little plug. I, I mentioned it, or I went through it on my uh, guest spot on the Nerd You're Looking For podcast. Um, uh-huh. but I, in descending order, I'll just run through it, and I'll do like Tiny did, and I'll pick a few that um that that uh, I want to talk about but what's funny about it is that like I said that the, the whole year was basically devoted to the blog and the podcast so as I run through this I'll just point out which ones you can find on the site or on the podcast so <laughs> uh starting from 10 going up uh Coffee Town the uh the uh, um college humor movie with Glenn mm-hmm. Howerton, just fantastic. Um, number nine is Iron Man three. Number eight, I feel like it. I, I feel like if I watch it again, it's gonna just not be on my top ten list at all. <laughs> It'll be down. But it's Elysium. Um, okay. Which to oh, clarify, wow. yeah. I'll, which to clarify, it was because the theater experience was so good for me because it was at the end of summer and I thought the summer was kind of a little lacking for me in terms of. Uh, quality theater um big budget like sci-fi movies and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. so that um or summer blockbusters i guess um seven the world's end uh which you can find on which by the way elysium you can find on on um we had we had an episode about that um and then the world's end you can find in the cornetto trilogy discussion um which i loved the themes of it and everything um number six is trance which i posted a review online um on on the blog uh number five is out of the furnace um number four is this is the end uh three star trek in the darkness which you can find on the blog and uh probably scattered throughout the podcast uh two is the way way back and one is gravity which uh, again you can find on on the, the 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 podcast on a space movies episode but i loved the theater experience of gravity i'll say that uh, before I get into my the three that I picked for the the, the discussion, um, I saw it three times in the theater. Once at an antique theater in uh, uh, Osgood, Indiana, the Dam Theater, which I was a really it was a fun movie watching experience. I'll say that, um, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, no, it was it was a, it was a, it's an it's a really cool antique theater, kind of uh, majestic e. Uh, like the majestic, but uh, seeing it on the big screen, I could not get enough of it on the big screen. Um, I want to add that I'm worried, and I and I write this. I wrote this in my write up of my top ten. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that it won't be nearly as fun to behold on home video. I'm I'm really curious because most of the fun mm-hmm. was feeling like I was there. Yeah, that yeah. You're in a dark, dark room at, surrounded by stars. Mm-hmm. Totally. And yeah, I and, and especially like when she, toward the beginning of the movie, the first of several times she spirals out of control. <laughs> that was terrifying and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't think it'll be as terrifying and awesome on the smaller screen. Yeah, and if if I'll um, obviously I'm going to pick up the Blu-ray when it comes out, but I'll 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 come back and I'll talk about it on a potpourri section at some point and uh, and and see how I feel about it. But right now, in terms of those three theater experiences I had with it, I loved every second of it um, because mm-hmm. it's an immersive movie. Um, it's built for the theater and the theater experience is something that I cherish so much that it's a rarity that, that something comes along where I'm that in, in, enthralled by something in the theater. Um, but yeah, and you can check out the technical, technical aspects of it, uh, of our discussion on that on our space episode. Um, the three that I want to talk about, uh, out of this list is, uh, first up coffee town. Which, uh, it's such a funny movie. It's, it's really, it's really great. Uh, are you still there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <It> was, <laughs> I, we had problems earlier, but, um, first up is Coffee Town. It's just hilarious. I, I loved, uh, uh, Glenn Howerton. I don't know how to, how to phrase it, but I just love seeing him in a movie. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, um, it was a different, different yeah. medium for him. Yeah. Yeah. He he carried it well, and he just his his interactions with it, with his friends, and it was just a well put together movie. There was a lot of good gags that that um that really held up for repeat with repeat viewings. I saw it like three times this last year. Um. So I just I really appreciated it for the comedy. Um. Yeah. Um. Then the next one would be uh, Out of the Furnace, um, which me and Tiny saw it in the theater uh, a handful of weeks ago. Um, I, I really liked it. I, I went into the movie expecting it to be Winter's Bone with Batman instead of Katniss <laughs> um, because the trailers painted it that way. But what it was, it wasn't that. It was it was a character study of this guy who basically had didn't have much, and it was how he systematically had pretty much everything taken away from him, and how he reacted to it, and if and it was the question of whether or not he would lose himself as a result of it. Um, that's that's how I felt about the movie, and I thought that it, it played spectacularly well. The performances were fantastic. Um, Woody Harrelson playing pretty much, pretty much, an evil ver or of like a demented, extreme version of uh, his character from Zombieland, um, <laughs> but it was I I loved it so much. Um, and I look forward it was, to seeing it again. It was advertised so horribly. It really was. Yeah, it's advertised as like a revenge flick. Yeah. Yes, it, absolutely. And it is not yeah. at all. And and that really. Uh, it suffered in my eyes because of that. Because the whole time I'm thinking, man, when is something going to happen? <laughs> Same um, here. Dude. Same here. Really? I, I didn't uh-huh. like the movie. It's it's nowhere near my top ten. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I saw it, I was pretty disappointed. It, it was very it was very shrug worthy for me because yeah. for long stretches of the movie, I was just like, okay, what now? What is it trying to say? What is it trying to do? And I guess just the fact that the trailers wanted it to be a revenge flick in my mind made it feel like that it was supposed to be when really there was only 20 minutes of revenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, see. I will say the one scene when uh, um, his, his former, his former girlfriend is that Zoe Saldana yeah. um, reveals to him 
to Christian Bale's character that she's pregnant mm-hmm. and he reacts to that is one of the best bits of acting I saw all year. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um and I told Tiny this that I felt like I felt like that movie could have ended there and they could have expanded his his time in in, in prison. Mhm. And it could have been a completely different movie. And like that's how strong that scene was for me. Yeah. Like it felt like such cuz it's the end of an arc for this character. It's an end for it's an end for something about this about this about this man and you can feel that in the performance and I thought that it just played really well. Mm-hmm. Um and it's I, Oh, go ahead, sorry. I really like your analysis of it, Matt. That's oh, really nice. I I like that you 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 viewed it as a character study cuz that's yeah. what it is. And I that's just not what I I'm like Mike, that's not what I expected going in. And so I was just so thrown that it didn't really resonate with me as well but i still it, it made my top 10 i mean it was my number right. nine i still really liked it uh but i i'm looking forward to seeing it again and, and just yeah. having a different mindset so i like the way you put it i like right. the way you analyzed it and, and, and i might have to see it again yeah. i f- i felt like it for a character study it spent too much time on casey affleck's character sure. um yeah that's true. which is which is almost unfair to say because if it wasn't about a character study, you kind of have to show Casey Affleck's character. Yeah. That said, the scene where Casey Affleck's character is getting the crap kicked out of him and uh, Christian Bale is hunting the deer mm-hmm. is excruciating oh, to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That oh, is so, I'm talking about how boring it is. Oh, when he's oh. hunting the deer. Wow. The, when, he's, when he's getting the <laughs> crap kicked out of him, that's excruciating too. Right. Uh, and that's brilliantly done. But I did not like it intercut with a deer okay. at all. I thought that was that was. I thought um, that that just made the tension so much more for me because they're, and it kind of it really illustrated the the um, the differences in these two men. They're brothers, and they're both they're both brothers of this, this modest like mill town or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But they're so different in their approach to things. Like Casey Affleck is haunted by his uh, his his military experience, and so he seeks out. To in order to to eke out a, a living for himself, they they both do just different things. Like uh, uh, Christian Bell is an honest man who who does work at the mill and 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 makes an honest living, even though he has all of these hardships that keep coming up, even even either through mistakes he's made or just pure dumb luck. Um, it's just these horrible things have happened to him, and then Casey Affleck has these horrible things that happened to him as a result of his military experience. And so he's haunted by those, and he seeks out. He doesn't want this meager living at that. He wants something more, and he wants something like it's almost to the point where he's almost seeking out danger because he's haunted by his past. And I thought that was illustrated. I I, I really liked the the dichotomy be- between these two characters, and I thought it played really well in that scene where he's getting crap kicked out of him, and and uh, Christian Bale is hunting the deer. I thought that was illustrated really well as a good way to illustrate their differences. Yeah, um, I guess I just cool. didn't need it. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I would say that probably the reason why I liked it so much was because I I saw the trailer maybe two, maybe three times, and just immediately wrote it off. I was like, okay, well the actors look good, but I mean I don't think it's gonna be that good, so I'm not really gonna be that in, that interested in it. And honestly, when when Tiny mentioned. When Tiny suggested that we see it, I was like, oh, I don't really know if I really want to see it, but you know what? I might as well go. Um, so I just kind of went in there with like these low expectations, and it just really paid off well for me. I love the Pearl Jam song, too. It's awesome. 
that was in the, in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, featured yeah. in the movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it was, it was great. And uh, oh, that's only two of mine, isn't it? Yep. Crap, we are running long. <laughs> um, uh, real quick, uh, the way way back. Um, it's my number two for the year for 2013, and it was. Uh, I just it, I thought it was a great movie. Um, a really good, really great movie for people who I I wrote it on the blog. Um, it was it was just a really honest portrayal of of adolescence, adolescent awkwardness, this, this, this awkward social awkwardness that you feel. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, I wrote the, it's a coming of age story that will strike a chord with anyone who carries the painful memories of an adolescence spent in crippling fear of your lack of identity. And I thought that that, that sums, I I thought uh, that's the way I sum up the movie. It was just, it was great. in it's portrayal of that. I loved seeing Steve Carell be a douchebag, um yeah and do well at being a douchebag but really the 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 movie is all about the performances of um the kid um uh all about the performances of of uh liam james and and sam rockwell they both knocked it out of the park Um, i think sam rockwell knocked it out of the park really and and uh the kid hit a respectable triple (laughs) <laughs> fair enough fair enough there um, were there were parts where it was a little too slow mm-hmm. uh and and his shyness was a little too much paired with someone who uh eventually talks to this girl as easily as he does mm-hmm. although i don't know maybe it was easier because she was persistent yeah um I don't know. Some something about the kid. That I, I wish I saw it more recently. I haven't uh-huh. seen it since the summer. Uh but something about the kid just didn't wasn't a home run for me. Okay. Sam Rockwell was amazing. Okay, sure. Um and I'll just say that the the script, I mean, uh uh Jim Rash and Nat Faxon, they wrote and directed it and it they hooked me from the beginning. That opening scene uh where where Steve Carell is asking uh, uh, Duncan, he's saying, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself. And it's like, I just love it so much. That scene just sets such a great tone for the movie because he, he asks him to rate himself. And I mentioned this on the, the Nerds You're Looking For podcast. But, um, and Duncan says he's a 6. And you can kind of see he's kind of like he's really shy about it. And then Steve Carell says, well, I think you're a three. And it's just, it's so brutal and it's so excruciating in, um, cause you can feel this like kind of, at least for me, like you could feel like Duncan is the kind of guy who's, he's not confident. He has no confidence. He's very, he's very lost in this, in this awkwardness that he's, that he's built for himself. And to have him say like, he's, he's a six, um, and then have that torn apart is just it's just crippling to his to his uh um self confidence and you can kind of see that and to have that at the opening of the movie where you don't know these characters at all is just is really strong writing um for me to be that hooked in something that I'm not at, that I'm just have no investment in yet um so nice. I loved it cool yeah hmm. um I think that about does it. I mean, we, we, I think yeah. we'll, we're going to forego potpourri because 
I mean, we've been talking for a while. Mm-hmm. It's basically uh, a giant potpourri episode. Exactly. <laughs> it was, yeah. It really was. <laughs> what have you seen recently this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, so we'll be back next week with uh, what are we? What are we going to talk about next week, guys? Did we discuss everything? Anything? Everything. Yeah. Oh we're, no, oh, we're talking about uh, Disney and Pixar. That's right. Yes. Nice. We'll have a special guest on the podcast. Yes. It'll be fun. It's going to be yeah. fun. And it'll cool. be the first uh, first episode that we all record uh, in the same room. Yeah. That's yeah. what's iconic yeah. about it. That's going to be. It's an on-location episode. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, should I count us out? Let's do, do it. it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. This has been the Obsessive Viewer Podcast, episode 34. Uh, we are at 34 episodes. I think this is going to be a good year for us, guys. I, I really do. Me too. Um, of course, you can find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com where you can find a bunch of reviews and, and themed blog posts and our general wonderingments about the, the – the, the the great landscape that is movies and television. Um, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Matt at Obsessive Viewer. Tiny is at Obsessive Tiny, and Mike is at I am Mike White. Follow the blog on uh, uh, Facebook at the Obsessive Viewer. Also, we have a Tumblr page, Google Plus, all that good stuff. Um, and also, vote for us at PodcastLand.com for Podcast of the Month. You'll uh, it'll do us a lot of good. It's very uninvasive. They'll send you one email to confirm that you're not a bot. And then they'll you'll never hear from them again, and uh, it's it's really good. So if you if you like us and you like our discussion and everything, help us get us help get us featured, and and we can hopefully maybe turn that around to some good stuff for the blog and podcast. Um, is that it? Did I cover everything? I think so. Awesome. So all right. Well, until next week, uh, have a good one, guys. Thanks, guys. We bid you adieu. <laughs> Should I stop recording? Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Good job, guys. Good stuff. Good answer. Glenn Howerton. Uh, uh, kind of breaking. Uh, no. Uh, he was. He was. It was. I don't know. Uh,